I will say something about YWAM. We were praying, and I said, you know, we, we both felt like it was YWAM. I gave Micah the book. The book is called God, It's Really You. It's not just a cute little mission trip he's going on. It's a man that was actually a pioneer. We see YWAM is now, but there was a time when Lauren Cunningham, before he was married, he just saw waves of young people washing on the shores of the nations. And he went to the people, the AG church, and he says, hey, I see this. And they said, they said, Lauren, why don't you take out nine people a year? Nine kids a year. See, men want to control, and God wants to bless. And he was driving away. He was so brokenhearted. And he says, Lauren, this is not about the AG church. It's about me and the kingdom. And so he got married. His wife is driving their bus. All the positions, all of his possessions are in the Volkswagen bus. And Lauren says, God, you can have everything. God, you can have everything. I sold everything. I walked away from my job. I'm going to put my heart in this vision, this prophecy. And he falls asleep. And all of a sudden, she falls asleep and they wreck. And the Volkswagen bus tumbles down the hill. And Lauren says, all our stuff is over on the city. It's at night. And he picks her up and she's dead. Lifeless. And God says, everything, Lauren? God, I give you everything. I love you. And he just had to think about it. And he started weeping. He says, God, yes, everything. And she goes, <gasps> and she got her breath back. See, there's two deaths in a vision. There's one death when we bring to God and we say, God, I give you everything. We think that we're dying. Then there's a second death when we actually think everything is over, when he's actually in the grave. And that's when the full power of the resurrection can come forth. See, what you think is like, oh, God, I got everything that's dead. No, not when it's dead to you. When you think it has no life, then Jesus comes in. He's the resurrection and the life. Amen. I'm going to look at a prophecy in Ezekiel chapter 26. I'm going to look at this prophecy and we're going to study it because we're going to apply it to our life. God is not a history teacher. If you think the end of this book is he quit doing miracles, we don't read this book just to know what God did. We read this book to know who he is. So what he's doing. Jesus didn't just talk about the old people in the Old Testament. He says, I do what you're doing, I say what you're saying. That is present tense. That is current. That is not past. God is not a history teacher. And so we're going to look at this prophecy because I'm going to look at this prophecy because many critics of the Bible say this prophecy hasn't come to pass. It's a false prophecy. And we're going to look at why it is a true prophecy. You know, the grass withers and the flower fades. And the Bible says people are like grass, but the word of God stands forever. See, year after year, there's these new atheists and they give them these different terms and they go to colleges and universities. But yet this book still changes lives. They get up and they say God's not real, and the people listen to him because they're intelligent and they're in a suit, but this, this book still changes lives. There's still young kids from Operation Christmas Childs that are receiving Christ now as we speak because of the boxes you made, and it's still changing lives. Much criticism, and, and they come and they go and they live, but the Word of God stands forever. I forget who said it. it says God's workmen die, but his work continues. See, generation after generation, this book is true. Every prophecy in this book is going to come to pass whether you like it or not. Whether you are in it or not, now, God would rather have you in it. The final sign is this gospel will be preached to every nation. I know David Hogan, a lot of you don't know who he is. He goes to Mexico. He says there's two, still 200 groups that can't be reached. Jesus cannot come back tomorrow because the final sign has not been accomplished. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached to every nation around the world. And every desire of God in God's heart requires people. His desire is not to build bigger cities, to build, build more worlds. He chose earth. He chose earth. He put us here. And every desire of God requires people. So I'm going to look at, we're going to look at Ezekiel 26. We're going to break it down. Then we're going to apply it to our lives. 
Now, there's a city called Tyre. It was an ancient city. It existed for 2,000 years when this prophecy comes. So we have to understand, this is not like me saying, next year, Stafford's going to grow 200 people. Thus say it, Johnny. Because Pastor Laney would talk to me and say, what are you doing? It's the equivalent of saying, Stafford's going to overtake Houston. When we see these prophecies, it's not a little prophecy. So it says, and God says this because Tyre laughed at Jerusalem's fall. It says, and it came to pass in the 11th year on the first day of the month that the Lord came to me saying, son of man. And then he goes on to say, it says, for thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring against Tyre from the north, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, king of kings with horses, with chariots and with horsemen and an army with many people. He will slay with the sword your daughter's villages in the fields. He will heap up a siege mound against you, build a wall against you, and raise a defense against you. He will direct his battering rams against your walls, and with his axes he will break down your towers. Because of the abundance of his horses, their dust will cover you. Your walls will shake at the noise of the horsemen, the wagons and the chariots, when he enters your gates as men enter a city that has been breached. With the hooves of horses, he will trample all your streets. He will slay your people by the sword, and your strong pillars will fall to the ground. They it switched from he to they. They is plural. They will plunder your riches and pillage your merchandise. They will break down your walls and destroy your pleasant houses. They will lay your stones, your timber, and your soil in the midst of the water. I will put an end of the, to the sound of your songs, and the sound of your harps shall be heard no more. I will make you like the top of a rock. You shall be a place for spreading nets, and you shall never be rebuilt. For I, the Lord, have spoken, says the Lord God. And people say, well, you look at modern-day Tyre, and you see, it's, it's been rebuilt. And Nebuchadnezzar sieged Tyre for 13 years. Now, you have to understand, there's a mainland Tyre and there's an island Tyre. So there's two Tyres, okay? Your car has four, there's two. So Nebuchadnezzar besieged it for 13 years. He besieged the walls and he broke down the walls and he did what the prophecy said. But the people in the mainland went to the island. And they were known for their navy. They were known for navigation. So after Nebuchadnezzar left, people say, oh, it's a false prophecy. But what does the word say? They will come, the nations, like the waves of the sea. Over 200 years later, a man by the name of Alexander the Great came. Now it says, I will break down your walls and they will lay your stones, your timber, and your soil in the midst of the water. So Alexander the Great comes and says, I want to put a, I want a sacrifice in your temple. I want to give dip in, in the island. They said, no, forget you. It's not the words they used. Now, Alexander the Great, he's not one to say what. So he goes to mainland Tyre, and he knocks it down. He destroys the walls. He destroys the buildings. He scrapes it, and he throws it in the midst of the sea. And he makes a casway, and he walks along it with his army. And so 200 years later, they will come and throw it in the midst of the sea. How many nations have been thrown in the midst of the sea? He threw it in the sea. He's, his army is coming. We're going to take the island Tyre. Their, their ships come. And they're trying to destroy his men. So he calls, he gets his other ships from the nations that he conquered. Many nations. And they conquered. And there was so much. Dan, if you could show a picture. I, I, I pulled up this picture. Look. Because through the years there was so much. Look, that was an island. So you have mainland, an island. That through the years was silt and sand. And because it was so much, it, it connected. Now, you say, well, it's been rebuilt. Actually, no. Ancient, ancient Tyre has never been rebuilt. In fact, they call it the lost civilization, one of the lost civilizations. You have so many nations that came after that, even the Muslims. You, they have to dig in the soil. I was reading this article. I was reading this letter by this in the 
It was like 1600. This explorer, he went to 300 cities and he goes, I can see modern Tyre. It's beautiful. And he goes, I can see ancient Tyre in the midst of the ocean where they literally spread their nets on the rocks and over it. So my point is, it didn't even exist when Nebuchadnezzar didn't take Tyre from he to they. And they said, oh, that prophecy never came to pass. Friends, that prophecy came to pass. The nations came through the midst of, John, what are you saying? If you only look at the things that exist in your life, when God gives you a promise, you will never believe him for what he's actually called you to do. Meaning, what do you mean? God's called you to be, he, he, he called you to be healed. And there's no sign that the healing has begun. See, I'm waiting for something to exist before I can believe it. Alexander the Great wasn't even born yet. His parents weren't even born. They weren't even dating. They don't even date back then, but I don't know what they do. Hey, want to go look at the rocks? Yeah, that's a... <laughs> Alexander was just a little kid. But one day he was born. He, was a... he wasn't even a kid. Then one day he grew up. He sure is, like, adventurous. He sure is rowdy. He's one of the greatest conquerors ever. The Bible even prophesies his death in Daniel. Friend, this book is not wrong. This book, you know why this book is right? Because of his character. You can trust this word. When you study prophecies and look at prophecies, that should build our faith. Why? Because the same God that says Tyre will fall and, the, and told you that you can be, maybe, for instance, let me give you an example. So some of you, my brother wasn't even saved when he went to a meeting with me. And the guy goes, can I give you a word? He goes, no. So afterwards, because he thought, afterwards, he thought he was going to you know, talk about his dope smoke or whatever. Afterwards, he goes, your heart is going to burn for the nations. He wasn't saved. His love for the nations did not exist. It didn't exist. Well, he gets saved. He goes to Africa. Well, he, he gets saved. My brother gets radically saved, so he lets look online. What's the most radical thing I can do? So he found this school in Africa, out in the boonies. I'm like, okay, good. You know, like, you know we prayed for him. He went. It was awesome. So he went. He led a guy to the Lord. He was on, okay, the, the, the man that was running the school goes, okay, you guys are going to go out in the villages. My brother, come back in two weeks. My brother led, led a man to the Lord. On his way back, the man had 12 converts. And he was starting a church. And he goes, yeah, I started a Pentecostal church. My brother goes, do you know what that even means? He goes, no. Your heart's going to burn. Wasn't even saved. The, the love for the nations didn't exist, but it doesn't persuade God. See, those things don't move him. Mary, you're going to have a baby. Uh, how? No woman has ever been pregnant without, how's that even going to exist? God can give you a word that you're going to go to colleges and universities and get degrees when you, don't, when you have a learning disability. It does, what, it, what exists for it to happen doesn't even exist. That's God. So the nations came, threw down the city. Now you can go and you can see ruins from a, many different civilizations that have built on there. Many, but not them. The Phoenicians, that was the great city. That was so, so, so there's one person prophesying a city that existed for 2,000 years. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. It wasn't some punk king. King of Babylon couldn't. So I gave up my best attempt, but it didn't happen. 12-year siege pulled back. Little did you know, Alexander the Great, a man who wasn't even born yet, was going to come and wipe your city out, throw it in the sea, and his army could walk on it. Just as it was prophesied. No, friends, that word did come to pass. Because they said, Nebuchadnezzar, can, no, it says he and it says they. So we don't pay attention. Every, every little period, every letter of his word wants to come to pass. So but what he needs is a participant. And see, God needs people. Just like Satan needed Judas. Satan did not 
betrayed Jesus directly. He prompted Judas. He had to prompt somebody. And God wants to prompt you. He wants to prompt you to do good. And so we talk about consequences, like consequences are bad friends. There's good consequences too. You get in this word, there's going to be good consequences. You start praying, there's going to be consequences. Open the door to the devil. You can open the door to God. God, we want to believe you for the bigger things and the better things, for everything you said, no matter what exists. 2,000 years it existed, Tyre. 2,000 years. See, God doesn't just prophesy little chump things. The final sign, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached around the world. And Micah is a part of that. Because a man had a vision. Micah is going to a school in the mainland of Hawaii because a man had a vision of waves of young people washing on the shore. There's lots of people that have visions and dreams. They don't do anything with it. But God needs someone to agree with him. Meaning, okay, God, I don't have the money. I don't have the skills. I don't have the knowledge. I don't know the people. The relationships that are required don't even exist yet, but I know you. See, they say you're five people away from anybody on earth. You know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Friend, you're one. God knows everybody. You're one. God knows everybody. And so when you are like, like my, I, I look at my, my brother. He wasn't saved. And so when I was praying for him, there was no sign that existed that goes, you know what? I believe it's getting close. He never called me and says, you know, John, I'm reading the word. My heart's getting warm towards God. There was nothing. I was only getting phone calls from my aunts and uncle. Your brother is suicidal. He's he's in a bad place. He's going to kill himself. Only those. But I just didn't listen to those. I listened to him. See, Paul was killing Christians, and then one day he heard a voice and saw a light. In one day, his life changed. There was no signs walking up to that. There was no people witnessing to Paul. There was an encounter. There was a divine intersection. And what we need is a divine intersection with who he really is so our faith can arise. So we can believe him for the things he's actually said, not the things that we think exist. Because it's possible. Okay, I made $100,000. I can make $300,000. Friends, you can go from zero to a million if he's called you to make money. See, you can go to every nation of the world. There's no lock nations to God. If he's called you to go to North Korea, you can go to North Korea. One day I was praying for North Korea. We're in North Korea. And Terry, who's not here, she came up to me. She didn't even know I was praying. She goes, John, I see North Korea. She didn't even ask me, are you praying for North Korea? She goes, I see North Korea with a chain around it and a lock. Okay, there's a lock. Bring it in. I said, Terry, if there's a lock, there's a key. If there's a lock, there's a key, Terry. If there's a lock, there's a key. He opens doors and closes doors. And also, there's open doors he doesn't want you to walk through. And there's closed doors he wants you to stand and say, you will open when the king of kings comes in. See, you need to listen to him. You need to keep listening to him. See, you need to keep listening to him. It's not just go there and do what. See, what happens is kill your son, Isaac. You need to keep listening. Don't. I heard the other day it was, you know, a lot of Isaacs have been killed because people don't keep listening. They just do the one step, not the two step. Jesus says, go to this city. We're going to go to the other side. Disciples, why are we going to the other side? They had no idea why they're going to the other side. But I'm in the boat with Jesus, and I know there's a person. There was one man who was demonized, and Jesus healed. Jesus will come to the one for you, the one dream, the one vision, the one hope, the one church, the one person. He will come for that. He sat at the well to talk to one. See, in your seat, who knows how many people? 
If you're called to write a book, there's people, there's people, there's, there's nations in you, there's people in you, there's things in you. And it's not just about ministry. There's people that, that go, need to go to political offices. There's people that need to explore space. There's all kinds of things. We need Christians in every area. Why? If this gospel will be preached to every nation, that also means every field, in science, in schools, in revivals. That's why we pray for revival in Fort Bend County, not just in this church. Because there are high school kids and junior high kids that will be saved before their parents. There will be kids that will pray for their teachers that are atheists and get healed. See, God wants to encounter people, but he needs people for them to be encountered. There are things where God comes divinely, but the majority of the time he wants to use people. Now, here's the deal. It's not just God wants to use you. God saved you. No, it's not like that. He wants you to know him. Because when there is no ministry in heaven... We will still be enjoying God because we know him. And the Bible says we will know him as we are known. And friends, that is the final picture is knowing him. It's not doing stuff. We do stuff so people can know him. I go to Mexico and do youth events so they can know him. Not so I can come back and report what I do. It's not for me to go and say, oh, I, did. I, I, I was obey, obedient to God. No, it's so people can know him. It's so young people that don't even believe in him when they raise their hands and weep and cry in the presence of God. And it's not about crying or weeping or feeling, but when you see the presence of God, then they have an encounter with him and then they can know him. No longer is God a word. No longer is he just on the cross. No longer is he in the, on the tomb. No, he's on the throne. But he's moving and shaking. He wants to change our lives. And so when he gives you a word about tires going to fall, see, what some of us need to take the old, put it in the ocean so we can walk in the new. See, and so there's some things, yes, there's some things that we believe for that didn't have to come to pass. And you can weep over it and cry over it and change over it and there was a divorce over it and all those things. Or you can give it to the great Redeemer, put it in the hands that are pierced and let him throw it in the ocean. And so you can walk on to the new place where he's called you to walk. Because what didn't even exist yet, after Ezekiel was dead, then it came to pass. And there's things that need to die in us before things can come to pass. Because we need to give up the picture of how, just the who. Because what we have is the how. And when, the, when those signs don't line up with the how, okay, they're going to get healed. I know next, tomorrow I'm going to feel better. You may, and you don't feel better. There's, a God, there's no progression. See, we like to see progression. Here's my vision. Here's my dream board. Okay, I'm going to go to Mexico. We're going to have revival. Okay, I got one building, two buildings. But when there's no progression, is he still moving? Is he still God? Is he still working? Can he still see darkness and say, let there be light? God did not stop doing things at the last sentence in Revelation. We read this book to know him, to walk with him, to believe him. Why? Because God wants to demonstrate himself on an earth and not just be preached. His goal is not to be preached on Sundays. God did this. God did that. No, God is doing he's not a history teacher he's not a history teacher Moses couldn't read about himself Mary couldn't read about herself you don't read about yourself but somebody's going to come after you and read your book They didn't have their books. There was no New Testament for Paul. He was writing letters, but he didn't know those letters would be put in a book. Number one selling book year after year, critic after critic, still changes lives. My brother was all by himself in Turkey. All the atheists, all the scholars didn't change the fact that when he cried out, God changed his life. See, what happens is, yeah, John, these critics, these critics were critics. We tell God what he can't do, but not in those words. God, you can't bring revival because it's been too long. 
God, you can't give me riches because I'm in debt. We don't say it like that, but we think it like that. God, and so God, I'm going to lower my dreams to give you what is possible. Because I haven't seen it yet. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, couldn't make the city fall. It ain't going to happen. Greatest king at that time. Didn't fall. But there's little Alexander, 200 years later, growing up, hitting a stick on the rock. Sure is adventurous. Probably the greatest conqueror ever. Young life. He said, what? I'm going to scrape the city and throw it in the ocean. Wasn't a believer. Didn't know the prophecy. Didn't know Ezekiel. Didn't know the word of God. Yet he was fulfilling it. Your boss, who's not saved, can give you a, pro- can give you a blessing because of God. Men don't need, God doesn't need Christians just to help you. He can use non-Christians. Wealth of the sinner laid up for the righteous. Who in here is going to start making money for the kingdom? We need to think different. What, go to space, listen to aliens? No, this gospel must be preached, and it takes money, honey. But it can't be in the hands of people that just want nice picket fence, bigger house, bigger pool. You can have nice things, but you still have to think about the kingdom. If the kingdom is not your focus, then Jesus isn't your focus. The, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. He didn't care about Peter's fame, Paul's fame, John's fame, Matthew's fame. Well, this one's not going to die. What's that to you? You follow me. We must each set our face like flint, no matter who does this or who does that. They have a bigger crusade. God, what do you want me to do? They're more well-known, more likes on Facebook, Instagram, all these little things. The the new media things are going to come out. God, what do you call me to do? There's many people that you've never heard of, but heaven knows, and so does hell. It's better the devil and God knows your name than people. Like, 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 like. But God wants to take a generation that goes, okay, God, it's not about the likes of the people. It's about my love for you. So I'm going to die, go in the ground, and I'm going to die. And I am going to accomplish everything you've called me to accomplish. And my greatest effort, like Nebuchadnezzar, didn't make it come to pass. We still have Alexander the Great. And many nations came after him and thrashed Tyre. And they, go, and they say, look at modern-day Tyre. Look. It's been rebuilt. No. He said, ancient tire, you're going to be rebuilt. If you have a house, a 5,000 square foot house, put yourself in this shoes. 5,000 square foot house, pool, you know, little dogs running around. Burns to the ground. Johnny comes along, Johnny contractor. Hey, guys, I'm going to rebuild your house. Pastor Alan and Julia, I'm not declaring us on this, but let's see a big old house, burns down. I rebuilt your house. Lena's like, go over there. You see a shed and an above ground pool. Did I rebuild it? No, I built on it. I didn't rebuild it. Ancient Tyre can never rebuild. Why? Because they can't even go to the ruins and see what it was like, Kirk. It's under the ocean. It's under the rock. Nation after nation has built on it because God spoke. And so when he says you can do, he's not going if there's any signs in your generational past. I looked at the history. I listened to Bill Johnson, all these people. Oh, they have fourth generation. I looked at my family. Gee, Pastor Allen, I didn't find a believer. But that doesn't mean, mean that I can't go to Mexico. He goes, John, I'm not going by your past. I'm not going if you see any signs of life. Pray for somebody. I need to see signs of life. Anything that can give me any sort of faith because we look at the signs we can see instead of looking for him. God, you can do anything you say because you're God. Not because I see it on the earth. 
So Nebuchadnezzar, 12 years, and then over 200 years, there's the city laughing at the prophecy. Man, Ezekiel, liar. Ezekiel's dead. All the critics say, see. And what we do is when the Old and the New Testament, when there's nothing going on, we think there's nothing going on. There's nothing going on you can see. But there's still people being born. And when the genealogy of Jesus Christ was mentioned, it didn't skip the 400 years. Those people still had to be born to live. And they still had to walk the earth. And they still had to give birth to babies. We still need to give birth to things that maybe you're not even going to walk in. Your kids, your spiritual kids, your other kids are going to walk in. See, you can't stop now. When Lauren Cunningham saw waves of young people, he didn't see himself washing on the shore of every nation. He saw young people washing on the shore of every nation. So I'm going to be a catalyst of something bigger than me. See, if you only want to do great things, you're very limited. But if you're willing to be a catalyst in an unknown, God can use you for great things. Paul, if you think you're the least of the apostle, now we call him the greatest. Not when he was alive. They said you're not even an apostle. But yet he still wrote letters and still loved. Why? Because what you say about me is not how I limit myself. God says, why every book, almost every book Paul wrote called to be an apostle of, by Jesus Christ. Called to be an apostle, not by men, by Jesus Christ. Paul called to be an apostle. He didn't say, he didn't start his letters. Paul, who used to murder Christians, sitting in the back of the church because of my past. And if you read this book, John, you don't know what I've done. God knew every mistake you were going to make when he gave you your purpose and destiny. And when you read this book, do you see a God that goes, Aunt, messed up, you're out? Or do you see a God that comes to Jonah the second time? And the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. It doesn't say he picked a new prophet. He didn't pick Jonah up. Jonah had to walk, but he put pressure on Jonah. He threw him in the ocean. They threw him in the ocean. Big fish swallowed him, spit him out. And there's Jonah. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. There's people that go to countries that don't even love the people they're going to, and they're not waiting for the love. They're just waiting for the word from God says, go. I read their stories. I read their stories. And see, when we read stories, now we get on a plane. They were a horseback in the Old West. They were on horseback for hours. Hudson Taylor, China, on a ship by himself, not on a plane, a ship. Shh, didn't know the language. Started dressing like the Chinese. All the missionaries criticized him. But yeah, now they look at Hudson Taylor as a pioneer to the Chinese. See, these are after the fact. We want fame now. It's after the fact. Not everybody's going to like you, friend. But if you're doing the will of God, that's all you can put your head at. God, you know. God, you know. Criticize, criticize, criticize. Reinhard Bunke, who I love, Reinhard Bunke. He's one with the Lord now. He was a great, he's a great evangelist to Africa. When Sabato and Kortzene got married, they gave me his autobiography. This fat, I read it twice. He was, he said, someone criticized me and I was angry about it. I was going to respond. And God says, Reinhard, a farmer doesn't get off the combine to deal with a mouse. Focus on what I've called you to do. You will always have. Satan will put your ear. You know, in the past, you know, you know, Sabata prophesied over you that you're going to make money, but, you know, no one ever knows what you do with your money. You're little. And then we hear those words that go, you know what? You're right. You're right. I never can take tire. It's just words on a page. It's just a prophecy in my phone. But when, you, when I say prophecy, I'm not just talking about prophecies. I'm talking about when you read this, friend, there is no book like this book. And we sometimes elevate personal prophecy and we de-elevate this. Some of us spirit-filled people. In general, we need to re read this book again. Because when you start reading this book, 
I, I used to read this book way more. And then recently I started getting back, and God just started showing me that. I was like, wow, same scripture, same this. I was like, how could it be? Because that's God, the depth, the depth, the depth. It's a living word. Quoting this book is not like quoting any other book. It's not like quoting Elon Musk or the encyclopedia. There is life on these words. I could pay a non-believer to preach the gospel and people still get saved. Why? Because there's life on these words. Because when they hear the word of God, it changes lives. When you speak God's word over the city that cannot fall and you actually believe him, and when there is no sign for it, that's when he can do great things for you. I think it was Spurgeon that says the world has yet to seen the, per- the person that has fully believes God. Because we partial believe him. So how was Mexico? It was good. Friends, it's not the fulfillment of what I can see. I don't see revival in youth. Why do I keep going back? Because I have a word from God. It's not to just take little mission trips and hand out tamales. It's because there's a whole group of young people that never heard of Bill Johnson. They never heard of Randy Clark. They don't know what it's like. But God's not an American, see? He's not going by that. Do you know Randy Clark? Do you know Bill Johnson? Do you know Hillsong? Do you know Bethel? No, do you know me? And I'm going to pour out on you. Somebody's got to start it. Somebody's got to be the pioneer in your family family. Somebody's got to be the patriarch. I was looking for the family tree. Who started it? I guess it's me. I got saved. Then my brother, then my dad, then my mom, all these family members. Why? Someone's got to look back and say, no, it started with John, 13 years old. Dad didn't like it. Pushed his bike up a hill. Somebody's got to start it. Reinhard Bunke, when you read his autobiography, millions of people live he preached to. Millions. In person. He wrote his autobiography. He goes, I have to start with a man by the name of Louis Graff. Louis Graff was a missionary from America. He was lost, Paul. He was lost. Little village. Had his Mercedes. He was lost. So he gets out and he goes, there's anybody I can pray for? And the man mockingly goes, you hear that voice? Go pray for him. And this man was crying out in pain. And he walks in his house. Because he could hear him in Germany, a small village. And he laid hands on him. And the man got saved. And that man raised Christians. That was the grandfather of Reinhard Bunke. Reinhard Bunke goes, I never, he, he changed our family tree. One person, divine intersection. There was a man. And see, why, see, see we want the multitudes. You can't have the multitudes until you have the one. You can't go to the nations until you're willing to go to the nation. And so he's, some of you have a hard time just praying five minutes as you get called to be an intercessor. And you look, I can't be an intercessor. I can't take that tire because I'm not doing what it is now. Friends, you can't look at your present signs to determine your future. So there was a man, he, he would fill asphalt in, in, in streets and he'd pray for people. And one day... Uh, He's, Joe, he was witnessing to his coworker, Joe, and Joe goes, I'd like to hear more about Jesus. He's come to my house. So Joe goes home, and he tells his, his son, I got to go meet a man. And his son was 16 years old, just got his driver's license. He goes, can I, can I take you? And he goes, you can take him, but you got to wait outside. So back then, it was no, no ACs in the house, just a screen door. So the guy takes his dad in there, and he's sitting on the porch, and the man goes, would you like to see, he says, would you like to receive Jesus? And he goes, no, I'm not ready. He goes, well, if you ever do, say this prayer. And as he's saying it, the 16-year-old boy prayed the sinner's prayer. He became a believer. So he raised his family in the Lord. 
And one day, his son goes, I wonder if he's still alive. So he goes, I had to look in the phone book and look him up. And he, because it was before Google and this, and he, he called and says, do you remember Joe? He goes, I sure do. He goes, I have his name in the back of my Bible. I pray for him every day. And he goes, well, he received the Lord because I, my grandpa, I had a family reunion. I led him to the Lord. I just want you to know my dad received the Lord hearing that prayer. The, the, the boy on the porch was Robert Morris's dad. Robert Morris is a pastor of Gateway Church. Gateway Church has affected millions of people, millions. So he goes, he goes, I just want you to know, he goes, my dad received the Lord. And he grew me in the Lord, and I've led many people to the Lord. And he goes, I just want you to know, he goes, you say you have his name in the back of the Bible. He goes, yeah, every man I pray for, that I pray for, when they receive Christ, I knock their name off the list. And he goes, he's the last one. He's the last one. When we die, when we finish, and we all have an end, whether he comes back, we, end, we all have an end, he wants everything off the list that he wants us to accomplish. And nothing that was left that says it was too big. There will be things that he's called you to leave to the next generation, but let that not be on the list that says it was too big. Nebuchadnezzar couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. My family couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. My family couldn't make the money, go to the nations, believe you, I couldn't do it. So, Lord, I thank you for everything you're starting here today. I thank you for every person that's willing to be a catalyst for you, regardless of the signs of life that they have seen. There was no sign that says the city's fallen until one day Alexander the Great says, I'm coming in to sacrifice. They said no. And he goes, no, we're ripping down the old to get to the new. So, God, I thank you for ripping down every old mindset, every old thinking. I can't do because I never done. I can't be because I've never been. I can't say because I've never said. Some oh, I'm too shy to preach. God calls shy people to preach and he changes their personality and their nature. Why? Not he gives them an anointing. Why? Because it's not on you. Friends, if it was on you, this is the best we can do. We can just sing and preach and talk. But if it's on him, the world is your oyster and you can go anywhere from your sitting. And some of you are going to pray in other people from your living room while you're washing dishes. You can change atmospheres even by yourself only talking to God. God. We have lost the power of intercession. We think prayer is just asking for things we want. No, prayer is connecting to a God to see his desires on the earth, at your will, in heaven, on earth. It just can't be for a better life. It's got to be for a broader kingdom. There's people that have not heard his voice. They don't know the name of Jesus. Somebody's got to go. Somebody's got to be sent. Somebody's got to pay. It's all working together. See, the big names are friends. We need to elevate Jesus. And more and more is coming into a team ministry. Let's do it as a team. Let's do it as a group. Let's bring other people. I have a peace. You have a peace. But that block and that sand and that thing will make a bridge to cross because we can't do it. But with God, all things are possible. With men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Not just some things. Not just little things. Yes. Yes, North Korea. Yes, your loved one's being saved that has no signs of life. Do we believe him or don't we? Is his greatest miracles in this book or is it not? No. Greater things shall you do. There were so many things that Jesus did they couldn't even write them all down. Why? Jesus didn't do it just so other people could know about it. Jesus did it so it could actually change the ones of the lives that he was actually in. 
So what have you given over to can't be because I don't see? I don't see any. God, give me any life, any signs, any of this. My brother never called me. John, I'm thinking about receiving Christ. I don't go by what they say or what I see. It's hard. Go to Mexico sometimes. They're like, oh, you're American, this and that. There's resistance. There's all kinds of things. Alexander the Great, he was attacked. He lost people. He had to bring in reinforcements. Friends, we need the Holy Spirit. If you just think you're just going to walk across the old to the new because of your ability, your anointing of everything you've done, everything you've learned in Bible college, every revival you sit in, every hand you've... No, friends, there is a lot more that God has for you. And some of you don't have what he's given you. He, he's going to give you some things that you're going to need, and some of it's going to be when you're there. Do you know how many prophecies start with a word or a feeling? But so, man, when I used to prophesy, I would... Okay, what else? I don't just want to start. But then when you start... Vic, it just starts pouring out. If you're willing to just start the first thing, it's funny how the second and the third thing comes along. But if you're not willing to look like a fool and start the first thing, then there's no second or third thing. God, what's the second or third thing? I'm just giving you the first thing, Lauren. Waves of young people. How are we going to pay for it? How are we going to go? I, the, my, my denomination doesn't even want me. Uh, yeah, he, he, met with, he met with her, her parents. He goes, I was so embarrassed. Well, how many kids do you have, Lauren? He had like four or five. So you see waves of young people going to the nations, but right now you have four or five. No, I see the cloud the size of a man's fist. If you're waiting for the torrent of rain to get an umbrella, you will never step out with the king of kings because he wants you to step out when there's, a sound, there's just a sound or a voice or there's nothing. 400 silent years, nothing, old and new. God was still bringing people together. And then one day, there was a cry in a manger. Of a baby being born. Something needs to break the womb. Someone needs to say, okay, I can't look at my family, my past, my past, my sins. God, I give you my life. You can do whatever you want with, and I'm willing to walk and agree with you in those things. I give you my dreams, how I thought it was going to be, how it should have been. All my hurts, all my pain. Some of us can't move on because of unforgiveness. We have unforgiveness against other people. We can't even forgive them to move on, to walk with him when he wants us to forgive everybody. When you forgive someone, you're not saying what you did is right. You're saying, I'm no longer held to that. I forgive you. That's between you and God. You need to move on. And you can move on from everything. Those people, the church hurt me. The pastor hurt me. This, that. I, I believe this. Like, Pastor Easy and Linda, like, this, Money was stolen from If we just sit in the past and what, what was, it would just be history for us. Our best days will be behind us. Our best days will be behind us. Our best services will be behind us. Our best anointings will be behind us. We, pro we used to prophesy. We used to preach. I used to care about people. I used to pray. I used to, used to, used to. God, we don't want to give you our used tos. We want to give you our now. So every now thing, just stand with me. Every now thing, every now thing, every catalyst that you've called us to be a catalyst in this nation, God, in the other nations of the world, not just this nation, God, I thank you for we are catalysts. We are world changers. Look at Billy Graham, Mordecai Ham had an altar call. One of the people saved was Billy Graham. You never know who you're going to touch, Kirk and Angie. You never know what young person you're going to touch. 
future authors, future revivalists. You never know who's in your living room. We just can't look at the container they're in. We have to look at who's filling it. God, so I thank you. Out of this church goes the firebrands, the fire starters. Not just I'm on fire. No, we start fires in our schools, in our workplaces. Fire makes a difference. If you do insurance remediation, you know when you walk in a fire, it makes it totally, you know when there's a fire there. There's a smell. A blind person knows when there's a fire there. So God, I thank you. We are catalyst changers. We are life changers. God, we change the world.